0: students who doesn't love weekends full of selfies snaps chats and whatever else you get up to so fuel your passion for the weekend with a little help from Vodafone X switch today and get unlimited weekends and 20 gigs of 4G data for just 20 euro top-up plus 100 minutes of calls and unlimited tax now that's more fuel for more fun search Vodafone X now for full terms conditions and limitations including our fair usage policy see Vodafone.ie. Get ready! Get ready!
1: This is the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn Jones. we got it, and we This week's craft beer is Five Fifty Game Time out And welcome back to the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast, Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. As we get close to Draft Time. It's the Drafthouse Podcast. Like we said, uh, tonight's beer from the Hamburg Brewery. It is 5.50 game time, Al. Talk about the beer coming up later here. But uh, first off here, the big news tonight, Alex, is the schedule is coming out. I know uh, right before we went on, we were talking about it. You're a season ticket holder on October 29th. Buffalo is on Monday Night Football at home against New England. That should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be a crazy, crazy year. Um, You know, first off, it's going to be Halloween. Dills fans, it's going to, you know, it's just going to be a, basically, I think the, the parking lots are going to fill up Sunday afternoon, and people are just going to stay all weekend.
1: Yeah, and and that's typical in western New York, is, uh, you know, that camper lot fills up pretty fast, and uh Yeah, it just doesn't take long at all there. So, yeah, I absolutely see that here. And, you know, it's still early. It's still speculation. We're hearing, you know, buzz out of Brady's camp that he wants, you know, a a new contract and what have you. Or, you know, Gronk's not confirmed or Tom Brady's not confirmed. And if neither of those two guys are there, I'm actually okay with it. Uh, ESPN probably won't be because they probably might not get as good of ratings. But I'd be fine with it because it would, uh, you know, anytime that you don't go against Tom Brady, I think your odds increase significantly. But it's so early to tell matchup wise, but just the idea of a Monday Night Football game in Buffalo is very exciting.
0: Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we've had a primetime game, and it's been a while since we had a primetime win. I think it's uh, 24 years since the Bills have won. Uh, Monday Night Football game. Uh, I think it was 1994 last home Monday Night Football game.
1: Yeah, I remember watching I think it was 2007 against the Dallas Cowboys where they had that game in the bag and I think Dallas got an onside kick and somehow managed to win that game. I can't remember if it was regulation or overtime, but a game that the Bills should have won. They played a Monday Night game. Um, I think it was... I can't remember if it was at home or on the road against Cleveland, but I know they fell in that game. I think that was back in 2008. So, yeah, it's been rough for Buffalo Monday Night Football in New England. doesn't make it any easier. Uh, but uh lone primetime game this year. I'm surprised they actually didn't get another uh, Thursday night game.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm a little shocked by that too. I think it's a, a little it's an interesting thing since the Bills were a playoff team last year. And they're going to be they have a play they have a Thursday night uh, Fox said they're putting an emphasis on good games for Thursday night games. They have the Jets versus the Browns. Like think about that real quick. The Jets versus the Browns. Now I know it's going to be a battle of the young quarterbacks, but still it's the Jets versus the Browns. They're in an aggregate, uh, like, had, what, six total wins last year with the Jets having all of those wins? Yeah. And so it's just insane to me that Fox is talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're focusing on good matchups. Yeah, you have a team that had zero wins and a team that had six wins, but a team that made the playoffs last year? Nah, we're going to leave them behind. Like, it, it just it blows my mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, and just a little bit here um, in a variety of different reasons, um, like you said, the, the fact that six wins combined last year, an all-by-one team. Um, yeah, I haven't even checked the full Thursday night schedule. I've really just looked at the Bills. But uh, just like they did uh, two years ago with Rex Ryan, they opened the season at Baltimore. Uh, they hope Angeles Chargers. Um, tough game in week three. I think one of their back-to-back tough games in the NFC North. Taking on the Minnesota uh, in Minnesota against Kirk Cousins now in the Vikings. And then at Green Bay where they haven't won I think since 1974. Uh, home against the Titans. Um, on the road against the Texans and Colts. Uh, the Monday Night Football uh, game against New England on, on October 29th on the 4th of November. They host Chicago. They're at the Jets on the 11th. My uh, before Thanksgiving The Sunday after, they'll uh, take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then at the Dolphins to start out December. um, Back-to-back home games against the Jets on December 9th and the Lions on the 16th. At New England, uh, two days before Christmas. And uh, just a day shy of New Year's Eve, they take on the Dolphins at home to close out the regular season. So, um, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm anti the schedule. I don't love it. Uh, it, it is like last year where they do play three out of five home games in the month of December. Uh, so December is quite a bit stacked. And their conference schedule, just like last year, doesn't really pick up until later in the season starting in week eight against New England.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of okay with the late conference schedule. Um, the, the
1: thing that I found interesting
0: is that we only have two games in the basically non-snow season, the Buffalo. Which I mean, I'm fine with because it really does give us quite a bit of an advantage. But uh, if you like, look at the Colts game this year. But it's just interesting that they wouldn't schedule more games in that early period where it's actually very beautiful and very nice in Western New York, and you know, just having two in that time frame is just really interesting.
1: Yeah, indeed, the Chargers on September 16th, their only home game in September, and then. Uh, one of two home games in October. The early game on the 7th against the Titans. And then they round out the month against New England on the 29th, like you said, right before Halloween.
0: Yeah, and there's just a ton of, uh, you know, it, it's one of those, honestly, it's one of those classic, um, you know, it's just the classic bill schedule. You get everything in the winter. And I think the um, the NFL saw the headlines generated from not only um, Not only the snow game last year, but all our previous snow games. And so I think it's an easy storyline to build for uh, the NFL. Just say, you know what, we'll put it in, in Western New York. We're going to get one crazy snowy game a year. And they're normally right. It's true.
1: Yeah, as long as it did, doesn't get snowed out like it did uh, in 2014. So... Yeah, crazy things can happen out there, but uh, yeah, I could see another snow game. I got lucky—the game I went to last year. It was the week after the Colts game, where all I had to do was actually wipe the snow off the uh, bleachers to be able to comfortably sit down. But uh, yeah, I, I would anticipate another uh, snowy game either against that Jets or possibly the Lions game, or even that Jaguars game right after Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I'd even—I mean, you could even gamble that that uh, Halloween game could. You know, you really could see the that Halloween game maybe have some snow. We always get one around that time, you know, the snow dusting up here. And so it, it easily could be that game as well.
1: Now, it's so early in the year, um, you know, we haven't even hit camp. We haven't even hit the draft. Is it too early to go through and, and pick the schedule and see where we think Buffalo will stand win-loss? Or is this something that we at least need to wait to do until after the draft?
0: I think we need to wait, just because you don't know what this roster is going to look like. We our roster legitimately could be completely different because the Bills could pull off some sort of trade on 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 draft day for a player, rather than you know um, you know rather than a draft you know a draft pick they could take up they could trade for a player. So like someone like Andrew Luck or somebody you didn't expect to be on the market, the Bills make a trade. for. And so I think it's just a little too early, a little too premature to really, um, you know, really go out there and take a stab at this. At this, And especially also with the teams we're facing, you know, like the Jets right now have McCown at quarterback. They'll probably go into the season with McCown at quarterback. Um, they also have Teddy Bridgewater in the fold. Um, but, you know, they're most likely going to get a quarterback for the future there. So it, it all really depends on... Um, what happens in the draft and what happens afterwards. You know, you could get a couple players that are older guys get caught and they could easily end up on the Bills.
1: Yep, and we've seen it happen before that it's entirely possible uh, that we pick up a veteran. I think uh, one of the big ones was uh, back in 03. They picked up Lawyer Malloy when he was let go by the Patriots. Um, You know, Des Bryant is still a free agent. I mean, it's probably a long shot uh, with the kind of salary that they probably have to give even for a one-year contract. But think about it, you know, when they brought T.O. Uh, back in, and I think that was in 2009. So, I mean, it's entirely possible that they can bring in another, uh, you know, veteran free agent. Uh, but right now, I, I can't put my name on anyone particular. We'll have to wait and see. I know Brandon Marshall is set to hit the free agency market. Uh, he's passed his prime, so I wouldn't bite on that so much. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I think it's something that we'll see uh, probably closer into uh, June and probably into July or August.
0: And I'd honestly be shocked if, um, if uh, Des Bryan gets signed before the draft, just because I feel like teams are going to hold the contracts until they know what they got in the draft. Because the thing is, Let's say you're the Houston Texans. You don't have a first or a second round pick, but for some reason, somebody like DJ Chark out of LSU falls to you in the third round. You could take a guy like that. You could take a guy like Marcel Aitman. You could, you know, let's say there's something Simi Cobb Jr. and like, I, I think I would be shocked to see him sign a contract before the draft just because, um, teams want to see who falls to them or if some sort of trade can get worked out. You know. Um, And so I I would be shocked to see any of these free agency guys signed before the draft, just because teams are going to wait to see if they have, you know, nothing fell to them.
1: Now switching back to the draft here, there's been so much mystery surrounding the draft this year that I, I, I think one of the interesting things that you know I've really picked up on this week or throughout the offseason for that matter, and it's not so much coming from the Bills but from the fans, that the fans in Buffalo absolutely do not want the Bills to dra- draft uh, Josh um, uh, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, and I am 100% with them. Uh, he has the arm strength and everything, but, I you know, I don't think he has all the intangibles, the mechanics, and he didn't really play anyone in college. And I know you could argue the same thing for someone like Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz uh, had the build. He was ready for the NFL. Um, I just don't see it in Josh Allen, and I tend to agree with what I've heard from Bill's Mafia that I don't think Josh Allen would be a good fit in Western New York and I, I, I can't believe that I still hear buzz for Baker Mayfield. I can't stand Baker Mayfield. I think he's a bust in the making. I wouldn't call him Johnny Manziel, but maybe, maybe Johnny Manziel. Ask that uh, right now two guys, quarterback-wise, they absolutely do not want the Bills to draft, and it's Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen.
0: So Josh Allen, I could see why a team would fall in love with him. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he honestly is very similar to Cam Noon. Um, he has the athletic ability, the size, the strength, the arm strength. You know, a lot of things people are saying about Josh Allen, they also said about Cam Noon. He doesn't have the accuracy. He doesn't have the touch. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't have the understanding of offenses that, you know, you need from a pro quarterback. And I think Josh Allen in the right system easily could be a good fit. He's very low maintenance. He's really kind of one of those guys that unless he's talking about football he sort of just shuts down like um when i was down at the senior bowl he was he'd get interviewed and when people would start asking him about football he'd perk up he'd start talking and then uh when people would stop to step away he wasn't you know conversating with his teammates or or at the senior bowl or looking just you know joking around with people like some other guys he was literally just sitting there just like okay I have another 10 minutes before I can go back and watch film and study the playbook some more and so I just think it's you know he I, I think first off he loves Bill's mafia and he loves what kind of what we're about but also that I think he would be a good fit for Western New York he's a very humble young man he's a huge hard work guy he didn't have a lot of offers coming out of school and so and also some of the things about him yes he throws the ball hard yes he's a little inaccurate but he also is used to not having an offensive line to protect him or having wide receivers who can catch the ball. You know, he really zips it in there because a lot of his passes are to guys who are one-star, two-star recruits, really, who, you know, shouldn't be, you know, are really misrepresenting um, what his talent is. And talking the to Carson Wentz is not great. Because Carson Wentz, if you look at those uh, North Dakota State teams, they actually had a ton of talent. Basically, they were like the alternate for the guys who, like, either grades-wise couldn't get in or Cosfin could develop into guys. Um, So I I think it's not a great comparison because Carson Wentz, watching him, he had a ton of talent around him. Uh, Billy Turner and a few of the offensive linemen from uh, North Dakota State are still in the NFL. Um, I know they have some running backs, some wide receivers. There's there's a few guys from those teams in the NFL, and so or pushing roster spots. So I, I think that that's their comparison. Baker Mayfield is a bit of an enigma. I, whenever I watch Baker on film, to me, he always just seems like a guy who was helped out a lot because he has a ton of weapons around him. Uh, the year before he had Dede Westbrook, and last year he had Mark Andrews, Dimitri Flowers. Um, He has the running back That's very good He had Joe Mixon The year before And so I kind of like I like Baker's attitude Just because It's sort of that Like competitive fire And he hasn't honed I don't think he's focused His competitive fire yet You know You want that guy In the field who When a team Takes cheap shots at him Or uh, You know Refuses to shake his hand He goes Okay I'm going to beat you By 70 points And he goes out there And does it Now he does scare me a little bit in the sort of air raid, no defense world of the Big 12, because no one plays defense in the Big 12. It's just, it's basically, it's just a seven on seven drill. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I would understand why people like Baker. He's big heart. He's got decent arm strength. Um, I think he's a product of the system a little bit, like in the fact that, uh, OU's coaches are very good. Their offensive coordinator is very good at diagnosing his players' skills and sort of building upon those. Um, the only thing for me, which I oh, <laughs> I didn't understand, is he kind of plays, and I've gotten lit up about this, but to me, when I watch him, he looks like Tyrod Taylor when he plays. He gets those happy feet in the pocket, yep. kind of gets a little skittish, and then will try to bust it out, even at the Senior Bowl. We're watching. There wasn't a ton of pressure. And as soon as he felt just the slightest hint of pressure, he zipped out of the pocket. And so I I just, I understand why you love the, some people love the attitude, the heart, the fire Baker Mayfield has. For me, I just personally don't think, I don't think he'd be a great asset for Buffalo. Because he needs to go to a system where there's already weapons pre-built. Like, he needs to go to, like, New York. New York actually would be a good fit for him because he needs those weapons built in. Cleveland would be a good fit because he needs those weapons already around him. And so I, I think that Baker needs to go someplace, maybe even, like, New Orleans, where, the you know, you have a bevy of wide receivers and running backs and tight ends. Um, and so I, I like Rosen a lot at quarterback. I think he's very accurate. And I know Darnold is... Um, 50-50 with Bills fans. He's got the prototypical build. He's got good arm strength, but he was inaccurate at times through a lot of kicks. But I think that was because he felt the pressure of the USC team with not having a ton of weapons. The year before, where he balled out, he had Juju Schuster-Smith. He had a few guys on the outside. He had uh, Ronald Jones at you know full capacity. He had a good offensive line. This year's offensive line was a little suspect. Um, really the only big name receiver he had was Dante Burnett. He had a Ronald Jones in the backfield again. Um, and so I think he was sort of trying to force things that he shouldn't have forced. So if Sam Darnold is... I This is what this is my prediction, Brad. If um, on draft day, if Sam Darnold falls past one, if the Browns draft Josh Allen, which I... I, I that's my gut feeling. I think they're going to go Josh Allen um, because their GM loves strong-armed quarterbacks. He was also the one who drafted Patrick Mahomes last year. He loves raw, strong-armed quarterbacks. Um, So if Darnold falls to two and the Giants don't feel like it, I think the Bills will do what it takes to move up to two. However, if Darnold goes at one, I could see the Bills standing pat to six or seven, maybe even. Um, You know, just seeing whichever quarterback falls through, basically falls through the cracks and grab them because... um, bills really seemed to like sam darnold um they had a lot of scouts in his games they had been asking around if sam darnold didn't like cold weather or because he had said in the year he really wouldn't have wanted to go to cleveland um or to small maybe i think it was the exact quote was like a small market cold team and so the bills were like well sort of through back channels being like would he be willing to play in Buffalo long-term? And so I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens on draft day. Um, but I doubt they trade up if, um, if Darnold isn't there at two.
1: Yep. I'm well, personally, I I'm fine with either Darnold or Rosen. either did those two guys because you gotta wonder, um, let's say Darnold does go number one. um, It's not so much, you know, the Giants at two, but it's the Jets sitting at three, and what are they going to do? Shoot. I could see that, let's say, let's say Cleveland goes Josh Allen at one. or Yeah, we'll say they go Josh Allen at one. Two, we'll say um, Barclay goes to the Giants. The Jets will take either Rosen or Darnold. I would say Buffalo moves up to four and gets whoever's still on the board there. If it's Rosen or Darnold, I would take either one of those guys if that's uh, the spot where they sit at four.
0: I don't think Cleveland moves out of that pick. I mean, I think it'd probably be five um, just because John LA did come out and say publicly that the basically that the Broncos pick is for sale at five. Um, but I would not be shocked if the... Browns stay pat at four because they've got a lot of weapons and so they could go one for a quarterback of the future, let's say Josh Allen, and then four they're going either Saquon Barkley um, or uh, Bradley Chubb, maybe a Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James. I think four is a little high to go for a safety slash slot corner. Um, So I, I think if Chubbs on the board, yeah. and or Saquon Barkley's on the board. I think the Browns stand pat. Um, it, it, it'll depend on what the Broncos want to do. If the Broncos think that they like a skill player there, or somebody they you know they see that's not quarterback, you could see the Bills trade into six or even seven or eight, you know, just basically trying to leapfrog the Dolphins or whoever's trying to trade up at that time. So uh, I, I think this draft is going to be real interesting, and I, I think it'll be I think it'll be one of the more like almost one of the more unknown drafts we had in quite some time because the majority of the time with the draft you know you can sort of tell where teams are going to go even if you don't have the exact players a lot of people know you know oh this team is going to be going after a tackle this team's going after a receiver and so it'll just be really interesting to see
1: well I, i i put it out on twitter this morning and surprisingly got retweeted by adam schefter that i think the only sure quarterback in the South Draft class has to be uh, Bo Callahan. Yeah. No, not really. Uh, For anyone who watched the movie Draft Day, which, uh, it's disappointing because it was originally supposed to be about the Buffalo Bills, but um, I guess Ohio had a better tax break, so that's why they sent it around the Cleveland Browns but uh you know a, a pretty unrealistic movie but i you know i still think you know a good flick a, a different take on a football movie at the same time
0: yeah and you know um that's honestly i, I was watching it and it was interesting it just wasn't I, I think they could have done so much more drama with it and they sort of made it this like lighthearted. um they sort of made it this light-hearted sort of rompy kind of thing yeah. And I just don't think that's like an appropriate representation, you know, draft day. Like, I think they should have made it like almost like an Aaron Sorkin, like a Aaron Sorkin TV show. Like, you know, really, it's a ton of pressure. It's a ton of, you know, like constant moving, constant scene changes. And I was a little disappointed when it came out just because, you know, I would have loved to see it be, uh, you know, sort of high pace, high pressure action movie almost
1: yep i'd agree with that i th- I think it kind of came out a little bit stale they had to put you know a minor love story into the mix and yeah mediocre um i i like some of the elements of it uh some of the acting i love frank langella so i liked him as the owner of uh of the browns uh, i do like kevin costner um i don't know how believable he was i think dennis leary was actually more believable as uh you know the head coach there of the browns at the time but uh interesting cast i like that arian foster uh played the uh, star stud running back from florida state i thought that was interesting but you know not a great flick it was all right yeah
0: uh, yeah it was definitely uh um yeah it was definitely like a b movie like a b you know like you'd definitely watch it if it was on tv but You know, not something you're going to seek out.
1: Exactly. All right, we'll talk more schedule and more draft here on the other side of a break. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast. He could go all the way. Touchdown! 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 The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now. Come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say you will. Come on and shout, yeah! yeah. Buffalo's happening now. We're on the moon now. The fields are happening now. They're making it happen now. You got the spirit, a lot of spirit, yeah. You got the spirit, just watch it happen now, Hey, hey. make me wanna
0: nobody circles the wagon like the buffalo
1: bills okay guys where else would you rather be this is the buffalo down draft house podcast with brad the bruiser icorn and alex jones and welcome back to the buffalo down draft house podcast brad the bruiser icorn and alex jones our beer this week is 550 Game Time Al, from the Hamburg Brewery, the official beer, I guess, of uh, WGR. Um, that I, you know, you're you're in Buffalo more than I am, Alex, and maybe you've had it before. But I know when I went in late December, it was like a wild goose egg. We drove all the way to the Hamburg Brewery after trying, you know, Tops and Wegmans and stuff around West Seneca and Chittenango and couldn't find it we drove to the Hamburg Brewery to get some DML. they did not sell any six packs so we had some on draft thought it was delicious and they said why don't you try Topps around the corner Topps had it and it also had the uh, Bud Light uh, Buffalo Bills can so uh, managed to smuggle some of those back to Texas and uh, yeah 550 Game Time mail, our, our uh, beer of the week Have you, have you had that one before at least back in Buffalo?
0: yeah it's a really uh i'm not a huge pale ale guy but it is uh it's a pretty good pale ale you know it's got it's, it's a nice balance of the malts and the hops um you know you use it uses the pale malts a lot and it gives it sort of that you know the crispness that comes with that with the piney of the hops it's, it's a really good pale ale
1: and i'm a nerd and i usually just sit in my office all day long and listen to wgr while i'm working so uh uh, I had to drink the official beer of WGR at the same time as well.
0: Yeah, you uh, if you watch uh, WGR, you hear about that once or twice.
1: That's right on. All right, welcome back here to the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast, getting closer to the NFL draft in Arlington next week. I've thought about it, and I don't think I'm going to go. It's only a four-and-a-half-hour drive from where I moved in louisiana but uh you know what my couch is nice and comfy we have cold beer in the house uh i i think i'll just stay put and avoid all the chaos and all the nickel and diming i went to jerry world last year for the college football classic paid 60 dollars for parking paid an ungodly amount for food and everything else and the tickets were actually the cheapest part of everything that i think i'll just play it cheap and uh stay back in louisiana next weekend
0: yeah, that's probably the uh, wise idea. They do have some cool stuff going on. Um, they're doing seating by fan section, which is pretty cool. They have whole sections for whatever tour, um, so you know that's a pretty cool thing that's been added. But I miss the days of Radio City Musical. I think there, I honestly think there there isn't a better band, um, than Radio City Musical, and I think it added a big um, just because a lot of the corporations that sponsor people their bases are in New York City, and so. I think the kind of the NFL, you know, by doing this is opening it up for more seats and, you know, more ad revenue stuff like that. But I think they're taking a little bit of the mystique away. You know, Philly was cool last year, um, and Philly's—it just, I don't know, to me, it just seems like keeping it a radio city would have been the smarter idea.
1: Yep. But with the constant, you know, looking to grab for ratings and everything, it, you know, makes sense that they move it to bigger venues. But I agree. I always liked Radio City Music Hall. So, uh, you know, should be fun in Dallas. Who knows? I might get the itch. I might just go Thursday and come back Friday. We'll see. Because uh, I always have a place to stay with family back there. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, regardless, I think there's going to be so much going on that I, I'd be able to get more information quicker and faster. On my TV, my my smartphone will probably run out of battery by the fifth or sixth pick the way things go. So uh, um, I'm, I'm intrigued because I think a lot of the trades and a lot of the action that are going to happen are going to happen during the draft.
0: I am really excited, though, this year's draft because uh, the big networks, NFL Network, ESPN, CBS, Fox, all created sort of like a, you know, a, I think they actually did like a formal pact in that they're not going to release any information about draft picks before the pick is actually taken. So, you know how, like, a lot of times in previous years, there would be, um, you'd hear about a pick getting done, like, 30 seconds before it was announced on Twitter, you know. And so I think that that's a really cool policy. It was annoying. In all honesty, it was annoying. It took a lot of the fun out of it. You know, the draft is such a huge surprise that Hearing, you know, right before the pick comes out is announced, it it took a lot of the mystique out of it. So I'm glad that they've sort of put this policy in place.
1: Talking about some other news here for the Buffalo Bills, uh, Jeremy Curley is recently signed at wide receiver along with a defensive tackle, uh, adding depth to the defensive line and adding a wide receiver to already a bear receiving core. Um, he came back with the Jets last year, only had 200 yards receiving. Uh, he had a better season in 2015. I think he had about 800 yards receiving that year. I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to this pickup. Um, you know, every little bit helps. He's a veteran. He's been in the league a long time, and I would expect them to address wide receiver in the draft this year. That you know, I don't think that's a bad signing.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's a uh, it's a depth guy who could contribute. Uh, he got that big contract from San Francisco a couple years ago. Um, but I, I think he could easily be a guy. You know, he's always been sort of a thorn in the side of Bills. Um, whenever we played him, so I, I honestly think it's a good signing. Um, you know, they could easily turn. He could turn into their third wide receiver. or He could be their seventh wide receiver and get cut before camp ends. So you know, it, it's just one of those things that it's a it's a good draft or good depth signing right before the
1: one of the big news this week was fred jackson signed a one-day contract to retire as a buffalo bill say what you want about the whole one-day signings it's kind of more ceremonial than everything but fred jackson may not have been the best running back in the league but he was probably one of the hardest working and just a true fan favorite everything he did for the city of buffalo still lives in buffalo i had a chance to uh see him I I was probably you know 30 40 feet from him at that Miami game last year where uh, he and his son waved the flag as the Bills came out of the tunnel that was a lot of fun and uh, you know he's uh, you know out of the NFL officially as a Buffalo Bill heard him actually yesterday on WGR where he said that you know he came really close to coming back to Buffalo last year and uh, along with uh, signing with another team as well so he was close but finally decided to hang it up And uh, you know a guy who never got himself down. Uh, You know when Marshawn Lynch came in, when uh, C.J. Spiller was drafted, a guy who always you know stayed firm and uh, was a really productive running back. And it was it was it was like a blow. It was getting punched in the stomach the day that they announced that Fred Jackson had been had been cut. It was almost a travesty at that point. But uh, very happy for him for his family and glad to see that he gets to go out as a Buffalo Bill
0: yeah you know it's a a good feel good story and I'd love one day for him to step up and be a coach you know Uh, a lot of those guys that are sort of uh, late roster ads have you know they you know the worst ethic and everything like that helps them become better players and it can sort of they can model those uh, attributes for younger players and I'd love to see him on the Bills coaching staff as an assistant or in some sort of role
1: yeah, I could definitely see that because if you think about some of the greater coaches in the NFL were guys, some didn't even make the NFL, uh, you know, some were, you know, late-round draft picks that played sparingly and ended up, you know, working their tail off but also learning a lot at the same time that um, – you know, think about the backup quarterbacks that are, have become head coaches in this league. Frank Wright was a, a backup in Buffalo for, for a long time. Uh, Jason Garrett was a backup in uh, Dallas. Uh, Gary Kubiak, who's no longer a head coach now, but uh, won a Super Bowl with Denver and coached Houston. He was a backup in Denver. I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys who rode the bench or you know, weren't the star player that end up being actually very good coaches. That Yeah, I could definitely see that in the cards for Fred Jackson.
0: Well, and one thing I forgot about is, I think it was the 2011 year, he, he was doing huge numbers that year. He really was having a, a lightning year that year. And so a lot of times I think we take Fred for granted, but he put up some big numbers here for a guy that really never should have put up the numbers he did.
1: No, and even when Father Time came in and, you know, everyone's like, he's the oldest running back in the NFL. He was. He was still productive that I never got fearful. You know, CJ's hurt. Okay. Is Fred healthy? Yeah. All right. Then, then we're fine. You know, I, I always yeah. felt that he was, a, he was a kind of guy that he, he was dependable, especially in the clutch.
0: Yeah, Bills have always been pretty good at picking up running backs. It's one thing that our team is weirdly specialized in. I mean, even just lat I mean, if you look at our history of running backs, we had Gillisley, who we got a fifth round pick for last year. Um Kadat played really well when he was in. Um oh who's the other one that got injured too? Um there's another guy who was playing well for us uh, in a backup role and got injured. Uh they originally had Antoine
1: Smith before he went to the Patriots, He was decent in both
0: yeah and so the bills have always been you know have had it had very solid running back core, and so it's just it's fun to see fred who's the third all-time leading rusher behind thurman and oj get his day to retire as a buffalo Bill, much like actually thurman thomas did
1: yep yep i remember because uh thurman uh played the last uh year or two of his career with miami but came back and retired as a buffalo bill so uh that was a that was a treat for him, I'm sure, and yep, great to see Fred Jackson come back. I don't know if he's even Wall of Fame, fame worthy. Uh, definitely not Hall of Fame worthy, but um, you know it, it'd be nice to see his number twenty two on uh, New Era Field at some point. I don't know if it'll happen, but uh, oh, I
0: think I think he'll definitely be a Wall Famer.
1: It'll um, be a while.
0: Uh... Yeah, I think you got to get the 90s guys in. Or, I, I don't know, this year they could capitalize on the momentum uh, he has right now and just, you know, basically ride that wave. I mean, think about it, Brad, how many Fred Jackson jerseys they would sell if they retired his number. They would they put those in the stores. They would sell out. Oh, yeah. It's And so I think that the NFL of you know first and foremost as a business and i think the fred jackson if they decided to you know put his number up on the wall thing would be a
1: huge uh money maker and uh i own a lot of Bills jerseys like seven eight or nine some along those lines an absurd amount and yeah definitely fred jackson one of my favorite jerseys that i own uh that uh you know it's you know When they leave the team It feels kind of awkward to wear the jersey I won't be strutting around My Darius jersey this year or my sad uh, Fitzpatrick jersey But uh, my Fred Jackson jersey I think I could stroll that out and wear that around with pride
0: Yeah I saw uh, A few days ago A kid in uh, one of the most I'd say over aggressive Ambitious uh, Jersey buys of all time He was wearing a custom made Bryce Petty jersey so maybe, maybe, just maybe he was a uh, big Baylor fan and then bought the Jets Bryce yeah. Petty jersey, but uh, that was a that seemed like a real overambitious
1: jersey by there. Yeah, it's a reach just a little bit, but uh, Bryce Petty, wow! And I almost thought about that because. I don't think my wife's uh, listening right now, but uh, she basically made it known. She had a Darby jersey, and she got crushed when Darby got traded to Philly. So she made it known that she fell in love with Tridavia's White. So that's what I plan on getting here for her birthday. But uh, because I get a better rate on shipping when I buy two jerseys, uh, I usually get someone else. And I was thinking, you know, what if Buffalo drafts Rosen or Darnold? Should I get one of those jerseys? It's in my mind, but I live right outside of Ruston, Louisiana, where uh, Kyle Williams played high school ball, so that that's in the forefront as well. But uh, curious here because I'm probably gonna have to add to the collection this summer here uh, since my Tyrod jersey is no longer valid.
0: Yeah, you know, you really, uh, I think that the, I think that probably the rookie quarterback, those jerseys will, will be pumped out quick. Um, you know, it, I, I think it depends on what we do in the draft because if we get a guy like Roquan Smith. Um, I would love to get a Roquan Smith jersey. I think that's a it's it's not a sexy jersey to wear, but it's a really fun one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think there would be uh, a lot of fun jerseys uh, coming out of the draft this year that uh, we'll have to see. I'm excited for it. I think I'm more excited, more intrigued, I guess, going into any draft because, uh, you know, you can always say there's buzz around the draft. There's buzz around the draft every year. But this year more than ever – it's just true mystery that I don't have a clue what's going to happen. We we talk about, you know, there's a good chance that the Browns could take Josh Allen number one overall. Hey, there's a really good chance that they could take Sam Darnold over, number one overall and just throw everything else into a tailspin. I don't have a clue at what's going to happen, and I think that's I'm, absolutely spectacular.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right too, I love about this draft here, is that they're like... In all honesty, the Browns could have fallen in love with Saquon Barkley or Bradley Chubb at one and make sure they want to get, you know, a guy they think they could be a perennial all-star. It really just, it's going to be one of those years that and until that first pick is announced or the Browns say, you know what, we're going to, um, we are going to take this guy, you know, then I think, uh, I don't think we'll know. I don't think we'll know until the commissioner says who the pick is.
1: I agree, and that's really how, how I hope it is, um, because it, it, you know everyone's been guessing on who's going number one, and it's funny you you know, listen to any sports radio station or everything, they're saying someone else is number one every day, and this guy's a bust, and that guy's a bust, and this and that, it's changing every single day, and let's just go hypotheticals, and Buffalo decides you know we're just going to hold twelve hold at twelve. The more I hear, the more I read, I don't know why, but I'm getting higher and higher on Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson would be uh would be an interesting pick for Buffalo. I think he could. You know, the thing about this draft too is it's a, a draft of extremes. There are no quarterbacks really in next year's draft top flight anyways. So, it's really teams who want a year quarterback, you either draft him this year or you wait till 2020 and get uh from Uh, uh, what's the kid? uh, Uh, I went
1: from from from, Georgia, from Georgia, absolutely. Or or
0: Tua from Alabama.
1: What about Stick from North Dakota State?
0: Tua, what?
1: What about uh, Easton Stick from North Dakota State? They're saying he's already uh, shredded some uh, Carson Wentz records uh, with the Bison's. Um, you know, I I think
0: I, I just don't think that I think Carson Wentz is such like an enigma. That small school quarterbacks will, you know, um, basically be um, compared to him for the rest of for the rest of time. But really, I, I, next year's quarterback class just doesn't look that good. It looks like it's going to be a defensive heavy draft. Um, you have Oliver from Houston. You have the defensive tackle from Clemson. You've got um, uh, what's his name from uh, Michigan. Um, you got it's a, a huge defensive line draft next year. And so it'll be fun. I, I think it's really going to be quarterback or bust this year for teams who are quarterback needy. Uh, I think that's why McCarron's contract is a two-year deal. Um, Because if the Bills basically it was a safety measure. Hey, you know what? If we miss out on a, a quarterback for this year's draft we're just going to take young players build up more talent and then we're going to try to get one in 2020 when those two studs come out. So uh, I think it's a sort of a hedging of the bats by McDean, which I really like.
1: And I think we talked about it on our last podcast there that we don't know what we're going to get out of, uh, agent McCarron. He could come out and be really, really good. Or he also could come out and be really, really bad. We really don't know what we're going to get out of him.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that you, you, you just don't know with McCarron Because there's so little You know, you see a lot of good things You also see a lot of bad things uh, You know, everybody points to that playoff game Against the Steelers um, But, I mean, another one that just forever Will stick out in my mind uh, It was a Monday night game Between the Broncos and the Bengals Both Dalton and Peyton Manning were hurt It was Brock Osweiler versus A.J. McCarron Yeah, right after Christmas, wow. right? Yep and there was a fumble, goes over McCarran's head. He has a chance to dive on it and be landed on by a defensive lineman or get the ball up, and he just let the ball roll on the ground. And the D-lineman scoops it up. Broncos get the ball back, drive down, kick a field goal. They win in overtime. And so, to me, I, I think I, that just is such a red flag to me that a guy doesn't isn't willing even to try to, like, kick the ball out of bounds. You know, just not dive on it when you have a chance of holding on to a game. And so to me that that will always stick in um in my mind about agent
1: All right, final thoughts for this week's podcast.
0: I I'm looking into medical facilities that can put me into a medically induced coma for 6 days because I honestly would if I had that option, I would take that right now just to get to the draft.
1: All right, well, if you find something, sign my name up as well. <laughs> I will. All right, well, thanks again, Alex Jones here. Again, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the BuffaloDown.com podcast. Read our work here at BuffaloDown. Follow Alex on Twitter at St. Alex Jones. You can follow me at BillsBruiser. Uh, again, thanks so much for joining us here as we get set for the 2018 NFL Draft as we segue into the 2018 NFL season. So for Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the BuffaloDown.com podcast, part of the Fan sided Sports Network. In our street media production.